Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. Before we get to today's episode, I need to set something straight. I am a very serious journalist. I really am. However, what you're about to hear is possibly me fanning out on an actress, the likes of which you probably haven't heard since my chat with Bette Midler, which you should very much go listen to that. You see, the actress that I'm talking about is the one, the only, Kathy Bates. For me, Kathy Bates is the one when it comes to movie stars. When I think of great actresses, one of the first that come to mind is Kathy Bates. Now, I was a child when Kathy hit it big with Misery. After you listen to our chat, you'll understand why we're on a first name basis because it went that well. Of course, I didn't let something like me being too quote unquote young keep me from watching Misery. I was probably the only eight-year-old quoting this moment from the film. What do you think I say when I go to the feed store in town? Oh, now, Wally, give me a bag of that effing pig feed and 10 pounds of that bitchly cow corn. And in the bank, do I tell Mrs. Bollinger, oh, here's one big bastard of a check. Give me some of your Christing money. There, look there. See what you made me do. Seeing that film on TV and watching this woman who was so unique, so different from any other movie star I've ever seen and so gifted, watching her literally become a movie star overnight because of one iconic performance, I was hooked. From that moment, so many performances that followed just solidified my admiration for Kathy Bates. Like in Fried Green Tomatoes. I mean, I still say this line to this day. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Face it, girls. I'm older and I have more insurance. Speaking of lines, here's another Kathy quote I have in constant rotation. I don't understand a one of you. What's the matter with you? It's your men out there. There's plenty of room for more. I don't understand one of you. I mean, I just, I say it too much. And that, of course, is Kathy Bates as the unsinkable Molly Brown in the epic Titanic film. But it's not just the big projects that I'm obsessed with. She was heartbreaking in Primary Colors, a role that earned her an Oscar nomination. And she had me in stitches in About Schmidt. I mean, that hot tub scene. I just, I never thought I'd see that. And she got another Oscar nomination for that one. And do you remember... Her brief stint on The Office? Bennett, Joe for short. I'm a breast cancer survivor, close personal friends with Nancy Pelosi, and Truman Capote and I slept with three of the same guys. When I was a little girl, I was terrified to fly, and now I have my own pilot's license. I am CEO of Sabre International, and I sell the best damn printers and all in one machines Korea can make. Pleased to meet you. It's just like, what can't this woman do? Well, now she's back with yet another iconic performance in the new film, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, based on the classic Judy Bloom young adult novel. 
Kathy plays Sylvia, Margaret's colorful grandmother. In our chat today, we talked about how she found Sylvia and how this amazing costume designer, Anne Roth, who is just a legend in her own right, how she helped her find the character of Sylvia. And we also talked about Kathy Bates's favorite performance. And let me tell you, it's probably not the one you're thinking of. Which one is it? I guess you'll just have to stick around to find out now, won't you? And I'll talk a little bit about sort of why it's such an epic, epic performance. And yes, we also talked about American Horror Story, although that is not her favorite. Oh, my God. You have no idea. And it's so exciting. I love this. But before I get to any of that, I just want to say why I think Kathy Bates is so important to me, but also so important in the landscape of sort of movie stars. You see, so often we see movie stars and they look one of a kind. You know what I mean? Like you don't know a lot of people who look like Jennifer Lopez or Julia Roberts or Angela Bassett. Like they're so beautiful. They're so unique. They're so iconic. It's just, they're movie stars. They're just different. There's little diversity in in a number of ways when it comes to movie stars, which is why when I saw Kathy Bates in Misery, in a way it was like seeing my mother on screen or my aunt or someone that I knew. You know, it was someone that I could relate to, empathize with, even root for. And what makes Kathy so amazing is that she knows who she is. She uses her relatability, if you will, she uses it to tell you a deeper story. And it brings us into her characters and tells us more kind of about who we are as a people. And because she looks like so many of us, we're able to receive whatever character you know she's doing. We're able to receive what she's trying to convey in a totally different way than we would just sort of gawking up at Julia Roberts, whom I love for the record. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Kathy Bates. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, Kathy. Hi there. I am so excited to chat with you. You have no idea the level of love and appreciation I have for literally everything you've done. Like, you are my number one. You are. You really are. Thank you. you. Thank you so much. It's just a pleasure to speak with you. So, I, but I need to talk with you a little bit about "Are You There, God?" Because it's you know the film look is amazing, and you are so good in it. And it's been such a long time coming. When did you first become aware of the novel? Well, you know, I was. Um, it was more my niece's generation. About you know, in the seventies, I was in Washington protesting the Vietnam War mm-hmm. <laughs> when the book came out. Mm-hmm. So I was. It was not really on my shelf, but um, 
So I first became aware of the book when I was offered the film. I read the book and mm. it was such an incredible book. I think I wish I had read it back then, uh, you know, because uh, of the message that it gives to young women, young girls who are becoming women. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I, I think she's an amazing writer. And I've gotten to know her a little bit through the, you know, the time that we filmed yeah, I mean, it's uh, to me, what's so exciting about the film is that it is a long time in the making. The book's been around for a long time, and the book has been a, such a touchstone for so many people, not just girls, but so many people out there. But it's also been controversial, and it's I, I think now is a perfect time for this film to be coming out. And I wanted to know your thoughts on that, and what excited you about being a part of it? Well, first of all, uh, of course, it was the book. And Judy. And then um, I had seen uh, Edge of 17, the Kelly Freeman Craig directed, which I thought was out of this world. Yeah. And that, of course, Jim Brooks was was one of the producers on the show. And um, all of that drew me to it. And of course, the character, you know, she's she's not as fully drawn in the book as she is in the film. And so when I read the script, I I was just I loved her character. And um, then also, once aboard, I got to uh, work with Ann Roth. We can talk about that later if we have yeah. time, but yeah. all of those things. And, you know, you mentioned about the timing. Um, I'm really I'm really curious to see how the public responds in this particular climate of repression mm-hmm. and um, banning books and, you know, uh, the abortion situation, although the film is not about that. but. Yeah. People are going so far right on things. I'm wondering if people will still feel that this is information that, you know, shouldn't be out there. God knows, you know, mm-hmm. that. Uh, but uh, to tell you the truth, I'll be very interested to see uh, if people embrace the film or if they start saying, oh, you know, our kids shouldn't be watching this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I hope not, you know, because I think it's a wonderful film. Yeah. And I, I hope not, too, because I feel like it's so poignant for our times and it's so important now which is you know so i it's ironic that the the book came out in the 70s but yet it is so timely even to this day you know and in your part in it mm-hmm. i was worried because i love you so much and i i know the book and i thought oh my god she does there's not much of sylvia in the book like i need i need all the kathy bates how <laughs> how did you find sylvia like where in your process how did you discover who she would be since she isn't so fleshed out in the book well, one of the things I did was write letters to Abby from Sylvia. Uh, I mocked up some stationery with Sylvia Simon on top and uh, in red. And uh, she wrote me letters from camp. Mm-hmm. And of course, her parents were, you know, and uh, the director were, were on board with this. And I wrote her copious letters. She sent me, you know, little a uh, torn out notebook paper was scrawled on with little pictures and stuff from camp and talked a lot about being involved in baking there. Hmm. But for me in my preparation, just writing about my imaginary relationship with, you know, uh, with Margaret mm-hmm. really helped me establish the character of Sylvie and how close they were and the things they shared. And some of the stories that I wrote about were things that I had done when I was growing up with my parents. And, yeah. and so it real that process really helped me. You mentioned Anne Roth, and I wanted to bring up some of the people involved in the production of this film because they are the people that I 
admire so much. I mean, James L. Brooks, Terms of Endearment is my favorite movie of all time. Edge of oh, 17 my was, God, it's wonderful. It's just Kelly with Edge of 17. These these people involved are so incredible. But I have to ask you about Anne Roth because Anne Roth is you're right, is an icon. I mean, the birdcage like her just the birdcage alone is just a costume feat of brilliance. And she's done so much. How did collaborating with her and working with her in terms of finding sort of the tone of not only your character, but in her impact on the film in general and really getting that right for the era, you know? Well, she's, as you say, she, she's an icon and, and, you know, she even works with the uh, atmosphere actors. Mm -hmm. She'll go and tell them, especially if it's a period piece, this is why you're wearing this. This is why you need to wear your hat this way. The whole film is her canvas. Mm. It's not just the lead characters and all that. Her whole world is is the world of the film. And uh, when I was able to go to New York, they said, oh, you're going to have to go to New York for fittings. And I thought, oh, thank God I get to go to New York. Because mm. you go into her studio and there's, there's a gigantic three mirror, you know, one of those yeah. fold open mm. huge mirrors. Yeah. And I walked in and there were, you know, it was a rack of really strange colors from the 70s. Of course, we really pulled in you know, all the stops when we were back then. And just looking at stuff and, and trying stuff on that I didn't think would particularly go. And, you know, you've got bras on the floor and, you know, shoes over here. And one really great thing she did, too, is that she had um, uh, Maddie Wilson, who's a magnificent uh, wig stylist. He works a lot on Broadway. Mm -hmm. He brought the uh, two wigs that I wear in the film. And so I was able to try on the costumes with those wigs. And it was a process of two days. And I'd try something on and I'd say, "Ah, I don't know about this. She said, just leave it on. We're just playing, you know, just (laughs) leave it on. And over that process, I really, there was just a moment when it wasn't me in front of the mirror anymore. It was Sylvia. And it's just, um, it's, it's, it seems magical. It really seems magical because I think at the heart of acting is dress up. Yeah. And you know, when we were kids and we play acted, you had to dress up, you know, with whatever you had, whether it was your mother's old evening gown or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what it is with her. You play dress up and finally this character appears and, you know, she had this fabulous caftan and I was, she's walk all the way down, you know, <laughs> to the end of the thing. And, yeah. and the walk was there and it, it just, her process is just, it's just the way it's supposed to be. And I've worked yeah. with some fabulous, fabulous designers, but, and, She's heads and shoulders above them all. And but you can't tell her that because <laughs> I remember being on the phone with her afterwards saying, oh, this was so great. You're so phenomenal. And I heard this sound. <laughs> I said, are you growling at me? <laughs> she just doesn't want to hear that, <sighs> you know, and she's just I just adore her. Um you know, I had to, a chance to go and have a, a drink with her and, and with my friend Jessica Lang while I was in New York and just sitting there, you know, us three old broads <laughs> just reminiscing was just one of the high points of this film. And wow. I know it's not directly connected to to everything, but it just became all part of Sylvia somehow, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. 
What I love about you and your career, because I've been with it since, I mean, I was a little kid watching Misery, which I should not have been watching as a little child. <laughs> and and so I have been with you from the beginning to want, I literally was driving through Illinois. I'm in LA right now, but I was driving through Illinois the other day and I saw a town called Tuwanda and I literally screamed your life. <laughs> I literally, so I'm telling you, I've been with you from the beginning. And one of the things <laughs> that I love about you is you're a true character actress. And it does seem like, you put on these like Molly Brown, I'm thinking, or even Sylvia in this, you put on the wigs and the costumes and how much, I mean, I'm sure I know the answer to this, but how much of that really defines how you play the character when you really get in it, you know? You can't do it without. Uh, you, you really, you know, sitting in front of a mirror and, and having the wig applied or having the beard applied, you know, mm-hmm. an American Horror Story and yeah. working with that, it, it all becomes, uh, it's, it's like, they, they, I don't know, I guess there are a million metaphors, but they're little <laughs> streams that all come together. And finally, this river of who this character is, and it, then other things begin to reveal themselves to you. And, and your brain starts connecting with all of this. And I oh got, I don't know, I'm putting it the right way, but um, it's all of a piece, but yeah. it's all the little pieces first that have to come together i guess that's what i'm saying yeah all the little pieces and you never know where they're going to come from you just have to keep your whole mind open your whole your all your instincts keep your eyes open listen even when you're in conversations that are not involved with the production or the character itself and you're like a magpie yeah yeah you know you fly down and you pick up this piece and that piece and i'm mixing all these metaphors but i remember when i worked with jessica tandy she said uh, we're doing our kitchen work, wow. you know, where we're gathering all the stuff for the soup, you yeah. know, and, and putting this in the pot and that in the pot. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. I have to, because as you, as I've said a million times, I love you. And I have to, I can't miss this opportunity to ask you about two films that have just been in my head forever of yours. I mean, there are so many of them, but I have a friend group who we often text about. I'm thinking of one friend where we talk about all the times you were robbed for an Oscar and it literally is the bulk of our conversations <laughs> is the films. Oh, no. Ka- it's the films. Kathy Bates needed to be nominated for an Oscar for or should have won. And one of them is Dolores Claiborne, which is just like, I think it might be my favorite film of yours, even though there are so many. And I just wonder, do you, I mean, cause I'm sure you've heard that before. I'm sure you've heard this conversation before. How do you react to fans like me who are so obsessed that they think like you needed all the praise for this and they didn't praise you enough. How do you react to that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I just had dinner with Taylor Hackford and Helen mm. Mirren maybe six months ago, and he he gets the same comments too. And I don't know exactly why. It was my favorite film experience. Mm. And I think maybe a lot of it has to do with the fact that Taylor is married to Helen and he understands what the actor's process is. And the excitement of being able to create a character that had, you know, was young and old and um, working with, you know, Jennifer and uh, David Strathairn and, of course, Stephen King's story, his novel, his characters. And I'm very disappointed to this day. Um, You know, recently people have seen it more because it's out on, you know, the YouTube and all these different places or, yeah. or Apple or whatever. And yeah. and I'm glad people are getting to see it. But I was very disappointed that year. And I remember Anne Bancroft sent me um, <laughs> a note at the time. I didn't know her very well. And she sent me a note saying what an amazing performance and that yeah. I didn't get an Oscar, but I got an Annie. 
Oh. So that was really, that wow. was really lovely to hear, you know. Wow. But yeah, for me, it's my favorite film role. So I, I'll always have that. Yeah. Yeah. That one is so special. There's another film of yours that I don't know if you, I mean, you probably never thought you'd win an Oscar for this film, but it is one that I literally quote with my friends constantly. It is, we're obsessed with it. It's unconditional love. Not many people have seen it. I watch it religiously. It is so funny. I think you are the most underrated comedic actress out there. What do you do with a film that maybe doesn't get the attention, that like doesn't get seen by a lot of people, that is sort of like under the radar? And I mean, not everything can be a hit, of course, but like how do you how do you respond to fans like me who are like obsessed with even like the smaller films? And like, did you enjoy that film? Like how do you respond to things like that, you know? Well, it was a, a difficult shoot. Uh, we yeah. were, you know, in Wales. We were all of these different places. And it was a wonderful cast with Rupert and all of that. And um, I don't know how to respond to your question, really. Yeah. Uh, I don't think of myself as a comedic actress at mm. all. You know, I, in fact, we were doing some scenes here and I thought, oh, God, um, it, you know, it, it, it's I'm not sure that I respond to the film as strongly as you do. <laughs> um, it was a fun character. One of the great experiences yeah. was singing with Barry Manilow. Mm. I have to say yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah. And um, and I loved working with Rupert and and Meredith Eaton. Yeah. Uh, she was fantastic in the film. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it was it, it was a lovely experience being in Wales and mm-hmm. uh but I don't know if the film is something that I really feel I accomplished yeah. what I wanted to do. I don't know. It's um, it's you know when you're asking me uh, along with Dolores Claiborne for me they're two very different experiences. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's I mean I was just in Chicago and I literally was just like reenacting scenes below Wacker. I mean, it's just- <laughs> oh God, well I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yes, we, we had fun underneath Chicago, I must say. Yeah. You know, Meredith uh, driving the car and going nuts. So So it was a lot of fun working with her. Well, I only have two more questions for you. And one of them is one of the things that I love about what you did on American Horror Story and your career in general and coming to this place now with this new film, are you there, God, is that I feel like American Horror Story really sort of introduced you to a whole new generation of fans who haven't like me been there from the very beginning and now it seems like since then you've won emmys you got another oscar nomination you've done so many great things you're doing this film what impact do you think american horror story had on this leg of your career you're as busy as ever well i agree with you i think it gave me a whole new audience of people and it gave me an opportunity to play some wonderful characters um, I'll always be indebted to Ryan Murphy for that chance because, uh, you know, I was offered the role. I had just had a mastectomy, double mastectomy that summer. And I mm-hmm. honestly thought I was done. Yeah. I, I just thought, well, I'm, my career is over. And then I saw my friend Jessica in the first episode, you know, the first season. And yeah. I thought, wow, it's such quality work. And so I took the chance to say, hey, can you, you know, get me an introduction with Ryan? And I have to credit him. He's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And he wrote some incredibly brilliant roles for me. And I I just I credit him with this next chapter of, of you know, with kicking off the, the third the third act mm-hmm. in my life. I'll always I'll always be grateful to him for that. For sure. I mean, it's he recognized something that I've been saying for a long time. A lot of us has you and Jessica Lange and, and of course, Sarah Paulson, gay icons. And we need 
to celebrate you in this way. We need to go crazy for you. <laughs> well, he and we're lucky that he celebrates older actresses. Yeah. That's for sure. I have to tell you. I mean, you know, I was just pinching myself this morning with uh, Matlock and Jenny Ehrman. We wrapped. Mm. Um, uh, gosh, was it this morning? No, it was yesterday morning. We wrapped at 5 a.m. in the morning. And wow. it's been a lovely crew up here in Toronto. And and I was texting um Jenny, who who was, you know, she was the creator of uh, Jane the Virgin, and yeah. she's an amazing writer. And I just pinched myself at this age to have a character that just fits me like a glove. I really hope we get to go to series. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, pilot, and and we have some amazing young actors in it. There's a woman named Sky Marshall who plays mm-hmm. one of the characters, and boy. She's a goat. She's a goat on the launching pad. She's yeah. amazing to work with. Wow. Just amazing. And I I really hope we get to do it. I want to be on the front row seat when yeah. people yeah. get a hold of her at work and see how amazing she is. So, um, you know, it's it is. It all goes back to Ryan. Yeah. It really yeah. does. You know, I'll, I'll always be um, uh, immensely grateful mm-hmm. for him, you know, uh, I mean, I'm 74. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm getting ready now to start down a and do another wonderful movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, hopefully, we're going to do another movie. Jessica and I are trying to get a movie done in June with uh, Michael Christopher. And um, yeah. I'm so excited for Matlock. I have to say, I'm just so excited. It needs to happen, and I, I think it's perfect for you. It's just so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a ball with it. We really have a wonderful cast. Jason Ritter and just lovely people. David Del Rio and Mm -hmm. Leah Lewis. It's a very diverse cast. It's a very layered piece. And you can dig and dig and dig and dig and not even really get to the bottom of it. And and I don't think it's, it's, you know, it's not your grandmother's Matlock. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so excited. Well, my last question for you is, and this is one that is probably the most important question because I love it so much. Is it true that you don't like to fly and that you travel around in a camper? Because if that's so, I need to reach a point in my life where I'm rich enough to be able to only travel by camper because I want. No, (laughs) no. You know, I I recently sold it um, because it was a diesel pusher and the gas is so expensive. So, uh, yeah, years and years ago, I was uh, uh, dating a guy and and we decided we were just going to head out. And so I I bought an RV and we had some wonderful trips across the United States. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just great to get out amongst them, you know, and be with people, real people and Mm -hmm. not Hollywood people or New York people and yeah. and you know just be in the middle of the country and um, I had a lovely time with it and I got to use it uh, when we did um, Disjointed mm-hmm. and uh, Harry's Law so they let me bring it to the lot and it was <laughs> great but um, now you know you can get smaller things that mm-hmm. you can easily drive this was a 40 something foot wow. 360 cummins engine it was like a one bedroom house on you know on, on wheels. wheels but yeah. it was also a bomb hurtling down the, yeah. the road and luckily the guy i was dating was uh he had become a truck driver late in his life so mm. he knew how to handle it but yeah. um it's it, it's a it's a boomer thing to do but it's also a couple thing to do so yeah. if you got somebody you love being on the road with go for it <laughs> Well, Kathy, I, like I said at the beginning, 
you've been sort of the narrator of my life with so many films and oh. it's just such a pleasure to be able to talk with you and i cannot wait for so many more things to come from you well you're so kind you've made my day that, oh. that you've responded for so many years because that's another thing you know just in closing to say it's been 50 years and it's it, it's I, i've been reflecting on that of, mm-hmm. of spending 50 years of your life doing something that you love and having the opportunities that I've had that I'm so grateful for and Mm -hmm. just looking back at it. And it's been a really lovely experience talking to you about it, that you've been responding to my work over the years. I can't thank you enough. Well, when you're ready to write a book, come on back. I will talk with you more. I'll even help you write the book because I probably could. (laughs) I (laughs) I probably could. I mean, even when Misery came out, I was like, you all, she's been on Broadway for years. Don't wake up to her just now. (laughs) <laughs> so well god bless you be yes. well and safe thank you so much thank you have a great uh, rest of your day you too thank you very Bye-bye. much i swear to you if you haven't seen dolores claiborne stop what you're doing and go watch it immediately it's such a special and commanding performance it's an essential watch it's one of those films that when i watched it i was just like this is the part that someone wins an oscar for it's just how she wasn't even nominated. I'm I'm just, I'm angry. And I'd also recommend Unconditional Love. It, even if Kathy doesn't love it all that much, which I love I, her line when she told me uh, that I don't think about it the way you do. <laughs> I kind of died. Um, and it's, it's just a great like Saturday afternoon watch. You know what I mean? It's just fun and silly. And I just, I just love it. And please somebody, somebody start a change.org petition to get Kathy to write her memoirs. I I'm ready to do it. I could co- I'll ghostwrite it with her. I mean, I'm ready. Let's do it. Someone tell her this. I mean, I probably could because now we're friends. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. I hope you're able to leave a little rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast. It really does help. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com. We have a new website. Did you see that? Oh, my God. It looks fantastic. And follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, Go on and subscribe to my newsletter. It's called For the Culture. It's lots of fun, and you'll get everything you need to know that's happening in pop culture right now. Until then, watch something fun, and have a great day. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forwards to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.